Welcome to The City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Ephesians 4, 27 says this. It's like five words long. It says, give no opportunity to the devil. Give, let me give a word to each section. Give no opportunity to the devil. Just don't. Just, just don't give him a chance. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're excited for today. You're good. Amen. You can only occupy something that is vacant. You can only occupy something that is vacant. You, you can't occupy territory that's already taken. If the sea is filled, you're out. So there's a principle that I want to talk to you today is about giving a seat to the devil. Giving him an opportunity to have a voice or a say in our lives. I want you to touch two people and say, don't give him a shot. Don't give him, don't give him a shot. There's a principle behind musical chairs is that there's always one more person than there are seats. So the math doesn't add up. All the chairs will be occupied, therefore one person needs to be left out because they have no chance. They have no opportunity to sit. I remember when I first, some of y'all, most of y'all, all y'all know Alini and Mai's story. Alini and Mi's story. Alini and my story. Um, so I was looking for my shot. I was looking for my chance. Uh, we met in 2010 and uh, I got denied on three separate occasions and uh, she went to Australia and came back, but she let me know she was coming back from Australia. And I'm like, here's my shot. Right? So I'm like, hey. So she landed, right? There was an event at her church the following month. You better bet I was going to be at that event. The event was called Hip Hop Reloaded. I don't even listen to hip hop, much less reloaded. Unless it's Magnum. So th th there's, there's this event happening. Setch was going to perform. Some of you all know Setch. I'm like, I'm going in the name of Setch. <laughs> with the intention for Alini. Got myself a lineup. <laughs> Boys, you never show up looking scrubby. All right? Get that lineup. <clears throat> like, you got to be clean. Like, not just... Not just electric razor. You got to go like that blade, right? The, 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 the thing that's inside the thing at the barbershop in the blue water. You need that thing. Yeah, that, that thing. And, uh, and, and so I got my lineup. I went to the mall. Bought myself a new outfit. I was much thinner at the time. <laughs> Too thin, though. 
almost gaunt. I needed, I needed some meat on my bones. Now I got a little bit too much meat. But I, I, I got myself a new outfit, a new blazer from Express. I, yeah, I know, I know. Not H&M, not, 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 not Old Navy. Now I'm at H&M and Old Navy because I'm married and I got on a budget. But I was single and no bills living at mama's house. So I could go to Express. I haven't been to Express since I got married. True story. <laughs> True story. I don't even know what they have anymore. Went to the event. Rolled up at that event. And you know how you walk into the event, right? You can't just walk in casually. You got to walk in like you own the spot. Got to look cool. I was doused in cologne. <laughs> doused in it. Whew. Probably too much. I spot her from the corner. This is the first time I've seen Alini in over a year. She had been in Australia for a while. Still the woman of my dreams, right? I'm just showing up. I'm not trying to make waves. I'm just trying to be seen. <laughs> I'm not going to ask her out. Just trying to be seen. Because if I'm on her mind, I can leave. All I got to do is be on her mind for a minute. I don't need to talk to her. I don't need to say hi to her even. She knew my intentions. She knew why I was there. I just needed Alini to see me. Alini loved to do this thing, though, whenever she saw me. She would call me Pastor Shane, and she would go to shake my hand. Every time. And I'm like, girl, you know we're going to get married. That's what my mind was saying. Pleasure seeing you again. How's, the, how's life? How was Australia? It was quick. We, we barely exchanged. How many words did we exchange that night? Like two words. No, three. Hi, Pastor Shane. Three words. <laughs> Hi, Alini. That was it. Just needed to be on her mind, right? That was January. I'm like, I'm on her mind. February, what happens in February? Valentine's, Valentine's Day. I'm like, here's my shot. She saw me. I've been on her mind since Hip Hop Reloaded. <laughs> I'm going to hit her up. She's going to say yes for February 14th. I text her. I say, Alini, would you be my Valentine? And she said, no. <laughs> Straight up. No shame. No apologies. No, just no. No offense. Just no. And I'm like, all right. How about the 15th? <laughs> she said yes to the 15th, but not dinner. Dinner's too romantic. Has to be breakfast. <laughs> so we went out for breakfast. Yeah, not, not like big breakfast, just Starbucks, bagel. I don't think we even ate anything. Coffee, hellos, we exchanged pleasantries. And, and, and we both went home. That was February. By May, we were dating. Praise God. <laughs> Two years after that, we were engaged. A year after that, we were married. And I was like, you know what? I shot my shot. And I scored. Come on, somebody. You got to take the opportunity. Fellas in the house, shoot your shot. But now I want to transition to talking about the devil. <laughs> Sharp transition. No segue. The devil's looking for a shot. 
And you know what? The enemy does not need a clear, wide open, obvious opportunity. He needs one shot. Let me qualify this in scripture. Second, first Peter five, eight says, be sober minded and alert. The devil, your enemy prowls like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, this is a pretty stark contrast to what I've been talking about trying to pursue Alini. Like, I wasn't that roaring lion seeking whom I may devour, but the enemy is this roaring lion seeking. He's looking for one opportunity. Let me tell you something. He does not need a mile. He doesn't even need an inch. He needs the tiniest little entrance. Remember how I said I didn't need to talk to her. I I didn't even need to say hi to her. I just needed an opportunity for her to see me. And the enemy is waiting for an opportunity to get a word in edgewise, to get a, to get a, a, a little something in your life. Maybe it's a thought. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a, a habit. Maybe it's just a, 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 a negative day or, or, or a terrible feeling. See, the enemy doesn't just, he doesn't play obvious. Sometimes it's like we act like the enemy's dumb. The devil's been doing this for a long time. If he's out to steal, kill, and destroy, he's not going to do the obvious, right? Robbing a bank where there's tons of cash when there's nobody there is obvious. But there is something about the enemy where he is cunning. That word cunning means that he is sly. He he, He knows what to do and when to do it. But there's this word coming to us in Ephesians 4 where, where Paul is telling the church in Ephesus, don't even give him an opportunity at all. Like, don't give him a chance to, to get in. Because I believe that when we give the enemy an inch, he takes a mile. I, I believe that when we allow him into at least a little bit of our life, he takes a lot of it. There's, there's something about the enemy that as soon as darkness creeps in, it's, it almost seems like it begins to grow over the course of time. Church, I want to mandate you, encourage you, exhort you, don't give the enemy space in your life. Don't give the enemy an opportunity to have a stronghold on your life. Because here's the thing, we were playing musical chairs And you can only sit in a seat that's not already occupied, meaning there needs to be something that's occupying space in your life so that the enemy will have no room. It says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Flee from the enemy. It says to run in the opposite direction of even the appearance of evil. Church, we must not meddle with sin, play with sin, toy with sin, go near to sin. God has called us to live a life of holiness. Don't give the devil space for one more day. What starts out as innocent fun becomes a lifestyle and a lifestyle becomes a destiny and a destiny becomes doom it starts with innocence and it ends in destruction but Jesus has called us to live a separate life to live a totally removed life from the ways of the world don't give the devil space can you say amen Amen. better yet can you say I won't won't. you've declared it but now we got to live it How do we give the devil space? Three ways. Number one, in private. 
in private. Character is who you are when no one else is looking. When no one's around, when no one can judge you, when no one can assess you. But let me tell you this, what happens in private always finds its way to public. So, so there's something uh, particular about this word because when we give the devil space in private, it will then morph into something public. And church, I believe that God wants us to be the same in public, in private, in front of people, behind closed doors, with our family, with our coworkers, at church, on the stage and worship team, wherever we are, if I'm preaching or if I'm sitting or if I'm, or, if I'm, or if I'm laying down. Let me tell you something. I struggle with this because sometimes I will have one personality on the stage bringing the word and then I will be someone else off the stage. I will be grumpy off the stage. Maybe I'll speak an ill word to my wife off the stage. God has called us to not be a double-minded man, but a man that is stable, abounding in the work of God, giving no place for the enemy, because something that is occupied cannot be contaminated by anything else. I tell you in honesty, because I think we all struggle. May we not give the devil space in private, and it begins in our thought life. Our thought life. You can't control the thoughts that come into your head, but you can control what thoughts you feed. You can't control what thoughts come into your head, but you can control the thoughts you feed. Uh, the Bible says this, that whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Church, the deeper you go into Christ, the further you are from the enemy's grip. The further you go into your word, the further away you are from slipping into sin. And church, I want to call us unto holiness of thought. Because all that the enemy wants to do is get one thought that you feed, and it becomes a lifestyle. But church, light overcomes darkness every single time. God's grace is there. God's grace is present. And let me tell you something. I'm not in the business of giving the enemy more credit than he deserves. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, God empowers you to live. God wants to totally consume your life to such a point that your life will never be the same. Give the devil no room. In private, in our priorities is number two. How do we let the devil in to our life in what we prioritize, in what's important to us. Because what we lend our time and money to, what we lend our resources to speak to what we value. Jesus said that. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What you value, there you will go. And so, church, our priorities speak to what's going on in our spiritual condition. You see, if we start prioritizing things that are not of God, eventually what we're doing is giving the devil a stronghold in what's important to us. So things that technically carry no value become of high importance because we've allowed the enemy to rearrange our priorities. If God is not at the top, God is not at the, on the list at all because God is a jealous God and he does not take number two. Either God is everything to us or God is nothing to us. Either God is on the throne or God is non-existent in our lives. And church, I want to encourage you with something. Get your priorities straight. 
Get your priorities straight. Towel, praise God. Give it up for Xavier. <laughs> You're the man. Oh, my mom. Whoever gave it. Oh, the best front row in the world. There, there, there's priorities speak to what's going on. Are the things of God important to you? And if they're not, why not? It's because God is not important to you. Scripture. Don't walk away and say, oh, Shane was too, no. The Bible was too rough. No, the Bible was just right. If we're not, it says this. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else. Meaning, if we get the top of the list right, the rest of the list falls into place. Make God number one. One. Not optional. Not if I'm feeling it. Not if things are going great. Not if I can afford it. Make God number one in your finances. Make God number one in your time. Make God number one on Sunday mornings. 9 a.m. is dumb early, but be here. Because this is important. Let me tell you something. You're not doing me a favor by being here to cheer me on. You're doing yourself a favor by being in the house of God. Let me tell you something. I'm going to love Jesus whether you come or not. We don't have to be here. I don't have to be here either. Right? I don't have to. I could be in my bed watching Osteen this morning. But you know what? There's something that shifts when I get up and when I go to the house of God. When I prioritize the things of God, there will be a direct reflection of the blessings of God in my life. Because God honors faithfulness. Prioritize God and see what God will do. Be faithful with the things of God and see what God will do. My job is not to get results. My job is to be faithful. Because when we are faithful, he always proves himself double faithful. Because God can't be outdone. You're a priority to God. Is God a priority to you? God prioritizes you. This blows my mind. God keeps Jupiter and Mars and, and all these planets in orbit and cares about my mood this morning. He prioritizes you. He loves you. He cares for you. And it breaks the heart of God when a God who gave everything cannot even get one hour of your day. He gave his one and only son for the sake of your soul, and you can't squeeze in time to talk to Jesus? Please, you're not that busy. We're not that busy. We're not that busy. We make time for what we want to make time for. Baby showers and wedding showers and quinceaneras and all the rest. Let me tell you something. Prioritize the things of God. Verdian fest and this fest and Portuguese fest and fest, fest, fest. Let me tell you something. There's a festival at 9 a.m. every single Sunday, and we get to be a part of it because my God is not dead. My God is surely alive, and I'm telling you, I don't have to come. I get to come. You're lucky you were invited. 
Jesus invited you. Jesus invited you. How dare you not RSVP and show up. Let me tell you something. Make God first. First. Not an option, not second, not third. Not after you get what you need to get done, done. Put God first. Effectiveness follows when God is first. When God's not first, the rest is a hot mess. Make God first. Everything else falls into place. Let me tell you something. God wants to bring our church into effectiveness, not going through the rum drum of every Sunday. Let me tell you something. When God is number one, we will step into a new season of being effective at the things of God. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things in the name of God. I don't want to do it in the name of God. I want to do it through the power of God. Put God first. Put God first. Number one. Number one, put God first. I'm not condemning you. I'm exhorting you, encouraging you. If Paul were here preaching, you'd be like, wow, Paul's on fire. No, Shane's on fire. Put God first. You can only win because of it. Put God first. 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 Put the, de put the devil in not even on the list. Put God first. Don't give the enemy one more day. Put God first. Be a man and a woman of character. Show who you are day in and day out. Stay strong and planted in the word and in the house of God. And I'm telling you, 30, 40, 50 years down the line, your kids and your grandchildren will thank you because you put God first. God is a generational God. What that means is God honors the faithfulness of one generation and passes it down to a thousand. I am not standing here by chance. I'm standing here because of the faithfulness of generations that came before me. This is not because I decided to be a pastor. I believe there was an anointing that passed down from my great-grandfather to my grandfather to my father that's on me that'll go to my son and my grandson. When we are faithful in the few, God will bless us in a lot. Put God first. Your kids will thank you. Your kids will thank you. I told myself during worship, I'm going to get up here, I'm going to preach and not sweat. I might have to go home after this to shower and come back. But God, I'm good. Put God first. Let me tell you something. There is no better life lived than when Jesus is number one. Number three, private priorities and people. We give the devil space with the people that we associate with. I'm not saying that the devil possesses people and uses people. But when we do, because the Bible says this, bad company corrupts good character. What that means is that there are certain associations that shouldn't have an inner you know that how the temple had like an inner sanctuary, like the Holy of Holies, where only certain priests were allowed in? I believe that with the Spirit of God on us, there's also a Holy of Holies in our heart, where only certain ones should have access. Where we shouldn't allow ourselves to be contaminated with just whatever, because what we have is too precious. Guard your heart above all else, for from it comes the wellspring of life, Proverbs says. And church, if there is something precious, that thing that is precious deserves to be guarded with everything you have.
Let me talk to you about me and my wife for one more moment. If she is precious, that means that I should be worthy of having her as my wife. Because you would never put jewelry, you would never put something of value in something that could destroy it. So men of God, if you want to find yourself a woman of God, first you have to become a man of God. Because only then will you be worthy of marrying a woman of God. Because you never give pearls to pigs. You never give, that's scripture, what, it's the Bible. Because there needs, there, a treasure has to be guarded. And so church, this morning, I want to encourage you to, to really hone your associations. Hone your associations. What that means is be on guard with who you allow to speak into your life. Who you allow to have access into your dreams. Because sometimes the enemy will, will position certain people to steal, kill, and destroy the dream that God gave you. Nobody is worth the dream that God gave you. Not everything needs to be told. Keep it a secret, and the results will show itself later on. Right? Can I give you one more story? Because we got to go out. Is So we got engaged, married, the whole bit. Tyler, could you come up for a minute? We, we, we did all that, and then we got, we got married. And I have a ring on my... On my finger. My wife also has a ring on her finger. Better, right? And, uh, and this ring is a sign of a covenant. It's also a sign that I'm taken. Right? So when, when a woman sees my ring, she knows I'm taken. Right? She better know that I'm taken. My wife will have words if she don't know that I'm taken. When a man who sees her, sees her ring, he better know, I may not be a fighter with my fists, but I'm a fighter with my words. He better know that she's taken. Because there's a covenant that's been sealed. And now there's something that symbolizes that covenant. My wedding ring. Her wedding ring. And, it, and, it, and what it means is that there's no more opportunities because this relationship has been sealed. There's a sign. There's something that Jesus did for us that is the same exact thing as the ring that I'm wearing. There's a covenant that he established on Calvary's cross, and, and this covenant was not sealed up with a ring. It wasn't sealed up with religious rituals. It was sealed with his blood that was spilled for you. And when the blood of Jesus covers over our sin, it's a sign to the enemy that we are taken. It's a sign for the enemy that there is no more opportunity because what was stolen by sin, death, hell, and the grave has been swallowed up in the blood and the victory of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. You see, the cross is the biggest sign that we are taken that we are occupied and so when we're talking about not giving space for the enemy I'm not trying to fend off the enemy I'm trying to just be filled with the Holy Spirit and covered by the blood of Jesus because when I am covered and when I am filled the devil will have no space you 
are taken in Jesus' name. You are covered in Jesus' name. You belong to Jesus in his name. The cross has sealed it, and the devil will have no more say. There's no seat for him to sit, so he's out. He must flee. Jesus has won. Can you say amen this morning? Could you stand up all across this place? I want you to turn to five or six or seven people and just tell them you're taken. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're taken. You're taken. Come on, is there anybody that's grateful this morning that there's a covenant established by the cross and that we now belong to Jesus? Are you grateful? Can you shout amen? The devil will have no more say on us. We belong to Jesus. We are no longer a slave to fear. We are children, daughters, and sons of God. Father, bless us and keep us. Shine the light of your face on us. Cause us to be the city, ambassadors of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody shout it, amen.